0: Help! I have a <laughs> passive husband. I have a passive husband. You do. What do I do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if I should laugh. So
0: you married a lump on a nervously. log. Maybe I should just take this one then. Go for
1: it. Go <laughs> just for it. Kidding. <laughs> did you, Selena? Did you marry a lump? A lump on a log? No,
0: I'm the lump on the log right now. Let's just put it that way. You are the opposite a of a lump on lump a log. Right here.
1: You are the opposite. <laughs> so today we're taking another question yeah. from a from a listener, and it has to do with a husband being passive but also really passive in the sense that he's unwilling to change in areas that
0: mm.
1: he knows he needs to change, but is unable to sustain lasting change.
0: Right, and I think it is it is from a wife about a husband, and but I do think some of the answers can go both ways. Okay, um, maybe, some. Some, that's what I said some. Oh,
1: precise words, I love it. More precise words on the other side. Well, hello hello and welcome back my name is ryan this is my lovely wife selena we're the fredericks mm-hmm. thank you for checking us out this is the fierce marriage podcast if you're watching us on youtube you can also catch the parenting videos on thursdays Those drop on thursdays but yeah we're here to just talk about family marriage parenting everything in between all in light of who christ is and what he's called us to as people who believe in him mm-hmm. so thank you for joining us for giving us your your eyes your ears your attention your time we trust that this will be a fruitful time. So today, like we said in the intro, we have a question coming in from a wife mm-hmm. who is really struggling at home.
0: And if you have questions, should we take a moment to say it up okay, front? Sure. Because we like answering these questions because you're probably not the only married couple that has a question about whatever the question is you have a question about.
1: Yeah. So you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask, A-S-K, and that will take you to a form. You can either text us this question. You can fill out an email form. Mm-hmm. You can even call and leave a voicemail. We haven't gotten any voicemails in a long time. Voicemails are so... No still, one likes that. They're still 2012.
0: It's <laughs> too, too vulnerable.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can you have three ways to do that. Um, you can also leave a question if you're watching on YouTube. You can leave it down in the comments and we will read that there. We actually, in the last question that we did, it was uh, Aaron who's talking about his wife. Check out last week's video. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife was texting another man. She's, he's caring for her in the hospital. And uh, we spent some time just kind of unpacking what he wrote. And then somebody got in the comments and started giving out some really horrible advice.
0: It happens on YouTube. So it happens.
1: I, uh, someone deleted, I think they deleted their comment and blamed it on us. And I said, we didn't delete your comment. But it was full of trash, is what I told them. <laughs> so, just to confirm. Um, YouTube's a funny place. So anyway, uh, yeah, leave the comments or the questions down in the in the comment section if that's helpful for you. So we're going to read this for you. Um, it's, it is long.
0: But it encapsulates a few like sub questions that y- and yeah. things that you would think about and have questions in your mind as you're hearing this we are wondering about you know this piece or this piece so i think yeah. we think it just uh it should be read entirely so yeah and so I,
1: I i do appreciate the the amount of detail that this gal which we're calling her anon. <laughs> which was a joke a couple looked, years ago. A couple years ago Selena thought Anon was someone's name but it really meant anonymous. <laughs>
0: anonymous short. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh. So yeah, I appreciate the details that were provided in this because it really I think it will connect with a lot of wives. Yeah. This conversation goes both ways like you said. There mm-hmm. are there is such thing as a passive wife. Um, then the passivity looks different. Right. But there's such a thing. So should
0: I read it because I'm the wife?
1: You should read it as the okay. wife, and I trust you to read it with full gusto.
0: <laughs> what is the middle ground between loving your spouse where they're at and being passive? There are a few issues in our marriage that cause contention. I have come to him aggressively and nagging in the past and after failed attempts with basic communication. After listening to your podcast and praying, I do understand that this is not the right way, and I've begun to work hard to approach things differently. Good job. Since then, I have come to him with love, empathy, and understanding, trying to have conversations and not fight. Things might change for a while, but nothing changes long term, and sometimes not at all. I understand that I am called to love my husband and respect him. He is the head of our household. But this is a struggle when constantly being treated with such little regard. It comes through in how our children talk to me and carries into all aspects of our marriage. Ultimately, my question is, what does the day-to-day look like for a wife in such a position? How do I navigate life? I pray for God to work on both our hearts and to guide us. I know God is big and big enough to fix our marriage, but I also know sometimes God's answer is not right now, because it is part of something bigger I'm not seeing. So in the meantime, what is the godly behavior a wife should have? What should my biblical responses and reactions be? Good questions. I understand withholding sex is not right, and it's not out of malice or punishment. It's just very hard to get myself there physically for someone who makes me feel so small. I've tried to explain this, along with other roles I fill. It's hard to want to come home after a long day and prepare a meal for someone who makes me feel like hired help. But if that is what I'm called to do, I will do it. I know he isn't a child, but I'm torn between feeling like I'm rewarding cruel behavior. But he's my husband, and I care for him. I've spoken about all of this to him. At what point am I nagging and not loving him where he's at, and at what point am I being too passive? I want to follow God in my marriage, whether I'm the only one or not, but I'm genuinely not sure what that looks like at this point. I'm all for killing him with kindness and love as they say, but is there a point where that is wrong? Some points of contention include frequency and amount of drinking alcohol, uh, taking our kids to church, how he speaks to me, listening to me and helping when asked, spending quality time, all things we agreed on before marriage. But as soon as I said we do, things changed. We went to counseling in the first year of marriage. Things got better for a while, but it didn't last. We have now been married for six years. I've tried so many things, and ultimately I understand I must give this to God, and I'm trying. I'm just trying to figure out what a healthy behavior is in this.
1: Yeah, so this obviously very tough situation. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the amount of detail that Anon, as (laughs) we will call her, um, I appreciate the amount of detail that she provided because –
0: it's relatable to many, it is relatable. I think, many wives. Yeah. The struggle is real, right?
1: So there's two kind of big, I think, I would put this response into two categories here. It's like how, as a wife, can she respond biblically? That's a big mm. overarching category.
0: Yeah.
1: And and we'll, we'll address that. Um, well, Scripture will address that. And we'll talk about what Scripture says. And then there's these different points of contention where how do you tactically, tangibly live out the... Yeah. The honoring of your husband right. in each one of those,
0: without enabling him, right? I think that's the real right. one of the real points of contention,
1: right? Right. So um, let's uh, let's go right to scripture. We're going to read uh, one Peter three, starting in verse one, all the way through verse six. Uh, since Selena read the whole question, you, I'm I'll gonna let you read, and read the scripture. Bible. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so starting in 1 Peter, one Peter three one, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. That's note. It's not every man. It's not every husband. It's your own husband. precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything, that is frightening. Okay. So Peter's calling women up to this standard, mm-hmm. um, the standard that was set back in the Old Testament by the, the matriarchs of our faith, right? The women mm-hmm. of the Uh, of you know the women of the lord who were married to the men of god and how do they do that they did that by submitting to their own husbands Mm -hmm. and honoring them and calling him lord (laughs) what are you what are you smirking at
0: i i figure we're gonna unpack the yes uh, the the story of abraham and sarah (laughs) just a little bit just a piece of it
1: yeah well let's do that because i mean what what if we look where was it well when at the so Abraham Genesis. and Sarah,
0: yep, they got married and they were traveling through, was it Egypt? And Abraham was scared for his life because Sarah was this beautiful woman. And so he's like, if we go in there, they're going to kill me and take you because you're so beautiful. So what we're going to do is, you're going to be my sister.
1: <laughs> and what that means is that basically she's free game.
0: right. Uh, To Pharaoh and to whoever.
1: And, you know, the Lord or angel of the Lord, I think, appeared to Pharaoh at night and said like.
0: Well, no, yeah, things started happening. And and Pharaoh's like, what have you done? You've cursed us because you said these things.
1: There's two instances where this happens, by the way. (laughs) Yes. And so I guess what we're trying to say here is that it's not that Abraham was, I mean, he was, you know, the founding father of our faith in many ways, the Abrahamic covenant and uh, the covenant that God made with him for the, the, you know, the people of Israel, yeah. and we are inheritors by way of Christ into many of those same promises into that covenant, the new covenant. But he
0: was also human. But
1: he was human, and we he don't wasn't look to
0: humans. Yes. a perfect
1: husband. No, In fact, he failed epically in at least a few scenarios. Yeah. And so, but yet Peter is saying, he's not saying look at how Sarah honored Abraham because of his righteousness, and therefore Sarah was righteous. No, it's, it, he's just focusing in on Sarah and saying "Like this is what she did, that this is how the holy women who hoped in God— that we can't gloss over that. They hoped in God.
0: Right. There's an eternal aspect of that, which we'll touch on in a minute that their well. faith
1: was not necessarily in their husband. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's a certain amount of faith and trust a wife has to be able to place in her husband. Right.
0: Should be able to. Yeah. But
1: to highlight Sarah is to highlight her hope in God. And mm. because of that, she submitted to her own husband and obeyed Abraham calling him Lord, even though he was not doing lordly things. <laughs>
0: He's not acting very lordly. Yes.
1: That's even a word. We like to make up words around here. <laughs> So let's apply this to the scenario. So like, uh, as Peter is saying, he says, even if some do not obey the word. Okay. So what are the the contention points here that Anon has brought up for us? (laughs) So frequency and amount of drinking. We'll talk about that. Uh, There's a form of drinking that is disobedient, directly disobedient to God's word. Drunkenness. Uh, Taking our kids to church. That's a point of contention. Well, we should be going to church as a family. Do not forsake the gathering. uh, And how you speak, how he speaks to me. That's a point of contention. How he speaks to her. Right. Not uh,
0: treating her as not giving himself up for her and loving her the way Christ calls us to love right. well, one another in how he speaks to her.
1: In, in just a verse following what we read today, Peter says, you know, husbands, treat your wives, uh, you know, with, I think, I forget the word he uses, but it's gently. Like, mm. because they're the weaker vessel. In other words, a husband is to wield his words very carefully with his wife. Mm. She is a co-heir with Christ. In fact, we have books to this effect coming out in January And it's funny because it's called (laughs) how he speaks to me. Well, how the the book is going to be called how a husband speaks. (laughs) Um, So stay tuned for that. Um, And the fourth one is listening to her and helping her when asked. So So
0: he's not listening and he's not helping. Mm -hmm. Sounds like
1: right. And the final point of contention is spending quality time, and that she's obviously feeling starved for.
0: Yeah, or overlooked, or or overlooked. Yeah, at least dismissed, or at least hungry. I'll say for quality time. Absolutely.
1: So how this is the first big category. How might a wife respond when the husband is being passive or just straight up disobeying God? So to do that, we're going to pull up this passage from 1 Peter. And I want to look at the structure, okay? So in the Greek language, they have verbs that they they function differently based on the type of verb that it is. And I'm not a Greek scholar. I know enough to be dangerous. You know more than most. (laughs) So the point is, is that you've got participles, which are verbal, uh, they're verbal nouns. Okay. And then you've got uh, verbs, which are either active or passive or whatever that, that uh, voice might be. Typically, when you have a verb that is in an active or passive voice, it's not in the participle form. It's going to be the central verb in that passage. And all the other verbals, the participles, will point to that central verb. Hmm. And so in this passage, we have one main verb with two participles around it. And the passage goes like this. And I'm not going to read the Greek, so don't worry. It says, likewise, wives. So here's a verb. Be subject to your own husbands. Be subject to to be subordinate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a hi- hierarchical meaning here in the Greek. It, mm-hmm. in biblical marriage is you have two people of equal value, worth, and importance before God, but there is a hierarchy there that is an orderly hierarchy, mm-hmm. not a power or value hierarchy. But there's a head, and then there's not the head. Right. You have head and helper. And the head is, it, this is why biblical marriage is so wonderful, is the head is actually the one that's serving um, through that, that that servant headship. Yes. And so, but the verb here means to be subordinate in that sense, and that's the participle form. So be subject to your own husbands so that, and this is the active, even if some do not obey. Mm. That's the active. So again, the be subject to, pointing to the even if mm-hmm. some do not obey. And then below that we have that they may be one without words. So they may be one. Mm. That's the other uh, participial form. And they're pointing to this central theme of, even if they don't obey. Mm. And what's what's also kind of really telling about this, and it's worth, I think, unpacking a little bit, we have to be careful not to read in different lexical meanings into this passage. There's a certain meaning that the passage is getting at. Right. We can't just throw whatever meaning of the word at it that we feel like it. But this verb for um, they, they disobey, they do not obey, it's actually a ne- negative version of the verb for obedience.
0: So there's a positive and a negative version?
1: Well... So, it, so typically, if you want to make a verb negative in Greek, you would add the the, the negative particle before it, and it okay. would turn the verb negative. It's like you did not jump, okay. right? So you negative did not jump. But this this particular verb has a a negative negator in it, so it's like a it's an, an a. So it's like you think of um, you're a theist or you're an atheist, right? Okay. So you put the a before it, uh, and so here it, it could be rendered as not just he did not obey, but he actively disobeyed. Mm. But it's rendered in this translation that he did not obey, or those who do not obey. You could actually render it as those who disobey, which there's different nuances to that. So if you read that he did not obey, meaning that he may or may not know what's right.
0: But it sounds like in this case he he does.
1: The husband may know that drunkenness is wrong, or he might not know that drunkenness is wrong. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's wrong. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But the question is, is it active disobedience, or is it just... Disobedience by by default or mm-hmm. not obeying,
0: right? And the Bible is saying that this is active disobedience. Well,
1: it's saying it says if, yeah. If
0: your husband is an, an if it's active, rendered in
1: that way, it has more of an active sense to it. It's okay. that it's not just failing to obey; it's act it's actually disobeying.
0: Right. It's an act. Yes. So, active sense. So
1: again, it's pointing to this this disobedient husband mm-hmm. and saying that by your you'd be subject to him, mm-hmm. so that even though he's disobeying, he might be won over. Hmm. He might be one over and so He
0: might be one over, which is a clear phrase too that you have to take with a grain of salt, right? Like it's not just, okay, I'm gonna strive I'm gonna be pure, I'm gonna be respectful, I'm gonna be pure in my conduct, do all the things, and then he'll be saved. Well, no, God doesn't promise that in, in the Bible or right. in this passage. He's saying they might Peter's saying they might be, he might be won over, which means it is uncommon for a husband to see a wife loving him when he is treating her badly mm. and continuing to love him and continue to be steadfast in that. How can she do that? How can she continue to almost strive to win him over in such a way, not just going through the yeah. actions or saying the words, but in such a way that there's an actual heart change and you can see that in her, right? And part of that um, will unpack I would recommend, you know, to her to obviously be reading the Bible, which sounds like you are. Good job. But also uh, checking out this wonderful book. I call it an oldie, but a goodie. But Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. He really unpacks a lot about persistence and uh, perseverance. And I mean, if you look at suffering, right, look to Christ. Uh, the Bible talks about, and we will unpack a few verses, but. It's in our suffering where we are right. most like Christ. Like if we ha- we have to have an eternal perspective in order to be able to serve a husband who is not acting very lordly, right? To submit to a husband who's not acting very lordly. Again, we're not talking in the sense of being a doormat and being abused in any form. We are talking about someone who's usurped their mm-hmm. role, who's indulging in things that they shouldn't be indulging in, um, who's speaking just unkindly or without respect, uh, who's ignoring the needs of his wife, and she is responding to him in such a way that is, it's just obvious that she has Christ at the helm in her heart and in her mind. He is her sustenance. Like She goes to him. She is sustained by God, not mm. the reaction or responses of her husband. And this is not an easy thing to do, right?
1: And there's a genuineness to it that has to be there, and that's what Peter's talking about. Absolutely. Because we, yeah. Because a wife who's wanting to kind of check the biblical boxes
0: Her husband's going to see through could, it. Well,
1: he, well, he'll see through it. But she could be trying to find a way to be self. I'll say it like this. Maybe it's not the best way to say it, but to be self-righteous in whatever she's feeling. Right, so right. she's like, "I did the stuff. I made dinner. I, you know, tucked, I took care of the kids. Yeah. I even, I even gave my husband intimacy when he asked for it. Like I checked I the boxes, it, yeah. even though my adorning. I'm putting It's weird. I'm putting myself in the shoes of a wife here, which sounds really weird, <laughs> but uh, my adorning is external. In other words, right. it's all on the outside. And, what does and that let do? that be counted as my right, my glory, my. And ironically,
0: my... what does that do to her heart? It just makes it bitter, right?
1: Well, not only that, it usually points to a pretty nasty trajectory, and that Absolutely. They, that wife is trying to find kind of a justified way to discard that relationship right. in some cases. That's when you start, I don't think, yeah. I don't think the listener here is doing that. No. I think she's genuinely trying to find a way forward. Absolutely. Which we're going to get into that, by the way, for each of these tangible kind of areas. But I think generally the whole, and Celine, you're going to talk about uh, per, uh, perseverance and persistence here. But generally it's recognizing that it's possible mm-hmm. and it's even required of wives to honor and respect husbands who aren't always honorable in these areas. Yeah. And it's hard to find out sometimes the tangible ways to do that, but we have we have to do that work of finding out how to do that. And we do that in light of what scripture tells us about perseverance, persistence especially among trial.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's important for us to remember that marriage is not just about making one another happy. Marriage is not just this place that we get to have intimacy. This covenant it is it is so that we can be sanctified, right? It is an image of mm. Christ and, and the Father, the church. Um, sorry, not the Trinity. <laughs> it's an image of Christ and his bride, the church, the right, the body of Christ. And so with that, there comes, we are, we're broken sinners, there's gonna come suffering, there's gonna come uh the big ask for perseverance. Like mm. when you're getting married and you're on that wedding day, it's gonna be it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's all the things you want. You're committing to one another. But as you're committing joyfully to one another, these moments will happen in your marriage. You are gonna be required to persevere. You're gonna be required mm. to put your hope in God when all seems lost, or when your husband isn't acting the way you want him to act, or you think that he should act, or that God thinks he should want to act.
1: I wanna add one thing to what yeah. you said, and then I wanna hear from Gary Thomas that you're gonna read. Um, we're not meaning to ignore the husband. Like the, the husband has his own issues here. Like, yes. he's gonna stand before Christ. He's gonna He has to give an account to God. Again, he eternal is the one- perspective, yeah. But here you can't change your husband's heart. Uh,
0: None of us can change anybody's heart.
1: But Paul does or Peter does say, so that by
0: your conduct,
1: your conduct, yeah. he might he might uh, turn, He right. might change. And so it's, genuine you notice conduct. it's not your conduct that's changing his heart. It's through the conduct that God is going mm-hmm. about the heart change. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they'll be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, uh, as opposed to, like you mentioned, um, listener, the, the nagging right mm-hmm. no Probably husband confronting no husband ever said oh man my wife just nagged me into just she nagged me so much i just want to love her better <laughs>
0: i want to do exactly what she says with uh, gusto <laughs> no
1: no no husband ever said that and so but i think husbands have said "While wow, my wife loved me so well i want to love her better mm, and, yeah and that takes a very strong wife it takes a wife who understands the power of perseverance and persistence so
0: right that is rooted in christ i think Amen. that okay. is that is where i want to like root that in uh Let me just pull up, I think there was one or two quotes in here. Gary, he's just a beast, right? He just, he's just awesome. We love him. Uh, Persistence doesn't make sense unless we live with a keen sense of eternity, Mm. right? He says, the holiness that will be rewarded in heaven is a persistent holiness. Read through the entire Bible, and I promise you, you won't find one reference to a crown in heaven that goes to the person who had the happiest life on earth. Mm. The reward just doesn't exist, nor is there a heavenly ribbon for the Christian who felt the least amount of pain. The priority of a sacred history is an eternal priority. Marriage is a beautiful and effective reminder of this reality. Mm-hmm. So he says the holiness that, yeah, that will be rewarded in heaven is a persistent holiness.
1: Yeah, I mean, there there is a...
0: Uh, There's a benefit to struggles, too, because I think we want to avoid the pain. We want to avoid the discomfort. Yeah. We hear about fierce marriage, and we want our marriage to be a fierce marriage. Well... Guess what? Like fierce marriage, it's not just about making it ha- making you happy, and having fun. And life is just lauded all the time. It's it's how do you work through these types of things yeah. from a biblical perspective, and how are we keeping God at the center, and and what does that look like tangibly? Which is what she's asking, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to read from Romans five three through five, and it says this: Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Now, okay, pause there. That's insanity we rejoice in our sufferings. That's
0: insanity to any other religion, uh, too. It's,
1: it's insanity unless it's in light of eternity. Right. If we don't actually believe this stuff, if we don't believe that it's going to produce in us something that is of eternal value, then we cannot possibly rejoice in that thing. So Paul is calling the Romans into this. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. If we're getting closer to the eternal. Mm-hmm. And character produces hope, more eternal. And hope does not put us to shame. Here's why. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit Mm. who has been given to us. Now, what's the big why to this? For that, we turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is the big why. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is Mm. not in vain.
0: So when you're coming home and you're making that dinner and he is being resentful Mm. or ignoring you or not treating you with the love and respect that you are hoping for and praying for, you know that this this labor this what you're yeah. doing, how you're loving Him, how you're fixing your eyes on Jesus in the middle of the of the frustration or the the suffering or the mm. problems, it's not in vain. it is not in vain and you can have that hope. you can yeah you can Amen. rest like rest in it.
1: Well we can only have that hope if we really trust that this means what it says it means and mm-hmm. it's the Word of God and that Jesus is who He promised Absolutely. He was. Um, you can also see james 1 for more of that and 2 peter chapter 1 as well on um, rejoicing in our suffering mm. uh, so i want to get into these issues the very specific issues so in general okay here's the attitude is okay we're gonna stand fast we're gonna hold the line we're gonna stay at our post mm-hmm. love as we are called to love within marriage as wife or as a husband wh- whatever side of the equation you're on that's the big over overarching theme now Within each issue, okay, so for the first one, so tackle these really quickly, one by one, frequency and amount of drinking, okay? So assuming, we have to assume some things, mm-hmm. assuming he knows he's a, it's a sin, that drunkenness is a sin, and he, he accepts that. And then he acknowledges that it is a problem, If you know, if it is a problem, because there is a type of drinking that is not a sin. Now, we just got back from a trip to the South, and there were a lot of Baptist churches that would <laughs> never, you know, would... would very much disagree with us however I don't think they can make biblical case for it um, does that need to be said I don't know um, all you can do at that point is you can pray and practice patient love yeah. right because right. like you can't anybody who's ever known an addict will tell you that until that addict accepts that they're an addict yeah. and decides that they want to change you can't make them stop
0: well and I think the one question you might be able to ask yourself wife is you know you're you're wondering like how do I serve and love him without enabling him? Well, don't do a beer run, right? Like you're not the you're not the delivery person of beer or alcohol. Uh, to what degree of like financially, what does that look like? I mean, that's something that you would have to yeah. I think talk about with your husband and in a loving and respectful manner. Um, and of course, don't be subjected to subjected to any type of abuse through that, right? Uh, but patiently, just wait for the Holy Spirit to convict and pray and hope. Right again, you can rejoice in in the midst of the sin because God has already won. Right, we have the hope of Amen. hope in the King of Kings, and He this this will not be lost. Right, what did it say? Knowing that in the labor in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Mm,
1: in the Lord, I'm I'm sorry. Sidebar: I'm tickled that you said beer run. For some reason, that's really hilarious to me. I think you need your own branded IPA.
0: Just like my. (laughs) A little salty, a little sweet. sweet. (laughs) Extra hoppy.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's a yes. That's a yes from her. Okay, so here's the second one. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Taking
1: taking our kids to church. And this one to me is a little more cut and dry. Oh, it's cut and dry, just like the previous one. Uh, Take them anyway. Okay, we are called not to forsake the gathering. That's the Lord's day. Sundays are the Lord's day. They're not ours, well,
0: and I think that we worship
1: go God together with the body on those days. If a husband is unwilling to take his family and a wife, like a wife at that point, bold statement, cannot obey her husband. she must obey the Lord. She needs to gather with the saints. now it's it's one thing to miss a couple Sundays for whatever reason. But if it's a habitual thing, like it's time right.
0: to and I think that's the question is am I usurping my husband's role as head if I take my kids to church? That's the underlying oh, question here. I mean, if he, and you just you just answered it.
1: I'm okay. just I'm
0: just okay. articulating it.
1: And the answer is no. Um you're because when you're refusing the gathering, you're not you're not you're disobeying God at that point. Right. And we are accountable to God yeah. more than each First other. First and in that foremost, sense. yeah. Okay. So and how he speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna say this. Get him get the set of our books that are coming out in January.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Communication books.
1: How a husband speaks. I address this uh, in the in the book. Fairly clearly,
0: we do um, have a lot of communication episodes. Also, do. in Fierce Marriage, our book, we talk about communication, and our other book, um, See Through Marriage, um, yeah. talk about transparency and communication. It's but clearly,
1: important, yeah,
0: clearly, um, he is not loving, or he is not treating her with, yeah, the value that she's here's the challenge for and desiring. I guess here's
1: the challenge in in Anand's shoes in this case. Uh, how you speak to your spouse should not be determined solely by how they speak to you. Mm-hmm. In other words, us, you have to take yeah. the high road and that's hard, especially if you feel beat down, you feel like you've been belittled or made to feel small mm-hmm. or in some ways degraded. It's very hard. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, but I think as as believers, we have some someone to lean on and to ask for strength and somewhere to get the affection that we so desperately can and can only be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. We go to him and say Jesus, help me love this person well help me love my spouse well yes and let that work not be in vain please um but that takes that that's really tough one of the ways i can think to move forward and maybe add some protection in addition to speaking um in a godly way yeah establish verbal boundaries and then here's the key so what do you mean verbal verbal boundaries this type so uh, we made and you've heard us talk about this but we made a decision early on that we're not going to use the word divorce in any sort of joking way or any sort of like ransom sort of way uh we're not gonna it's just not on the table it's not on the table um i'm not gonna call you names we're we're gonna resist you know using i won't
0: call you names
1: and we're gonna speak to each other with dignity well those are boundaries we agreed on Mm -hmm. now whether or not you agree on them you could say listen husband or wife i think these boundaries need to be in place we can't talk to each other like this we can't say these sorts of things like to have a, a a culture of communication in our home where there's cussing and yelling and and name calling vitriol and, yeah and, and poison and venom this needs to stop will you help me with this so you invite them into that mm, yeah inviting it's, it's not just a very disarming here's the boundary deal with it it's can we have this boundary together right. for the health of our marriage yeah. for the goodness of our union and will you help me in this he may or may not take you up on it but a but I think that's a far better approach than just now. Yeah. If he doesn't take you up on it and he's to, he continues to breach the boundary, then the boundaries get harder and, and more, um, more non-negotiable. That's, that's another conversation in all of this. Make sure you're getting help too from, from a pastor. I didn't mean to gloss over that, but that's where you'd want to bring someone in. Right. Um, quickly here. The fourth one. Uh, I think it's the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, he's not listening to her or helping when asked. Um, it's funny. We've we talked about this beforehand. It's like, Welcome to marriage. That's, yeah, that's kind of, and you've been married six years, listener, so you know this. Um, that's kind of the struggle of every marriage, yeah. right? Um, just today, I was trying to get Selena to listen to me and to and to help me, and she was just completely huh? ignored. No, uh, you you actually, yeah, well, that did come up earlier. But I won't talk about it here. Um, off limits.
0: <laughs>
1: so you can still honor us as, as Sarah honored Abraham. Well,
0: and when she, you know, when you bring up things like it lasted for a while, but it wasn't a real lasting change and we all hope for that Mm. eternal change but if we're honest with ourselves yeah there are some things that will be rooted out of us because we're being sanctified by the grace of god through our marriage and through our spouse Um, but there are things i mean even our own marriage that continue to come up there's defaults and habits and just ways of operating uh and reasoning that that are hard to uproot and we still have you know discussions and tension around some of those things so um We can't really expect things to just disappear forever. I think we can expect to grow in those, right? And to not remain the same. That would be the ideal.
1: Uh, I'm just, I would say this. And so we've never had a season in our marriage where it's been perfect. I think that maybe goes without saying. However, we've started reading the Bible intensely together in the mornings. And I feel like our marriage has been better than ever. We're almost at 20 years. Imagine that. I never, I didn't think it would get any better. I'd given up hope. No, kidding. (laughs) Great. <laughs> I'm kidding, no, but it is. It, so I think reading scripture together is probably one of the quickest ways to solidify your bond. Well, but
0: how do you get a husband to listen, right? It's hard when yeah, he doesn't it, want it to, to. and how do you to. get him to help yeah. when he doesn't want to? Again, resting in the Lord. First Peter, remembering three. yes that your work is not in yeah. vain um
1: final one sorry we're running out of time here spending quality time together so i would say this still seek it still pursue him
0: even facilitate it get the kids out of the house or go you know get a babysitter and get get out of the house and and try to you know make it happen and don't expect the first one to be amazing honestly i think it sounds like there may be some habits to break or something but i think if you're consistent you know working consistently yeah. at it trying to be genuine with him again inviting him into that opportunity to connect um, and with lots of prayer I think there could definitely be some quality time there and some yeah. opportunities for connection
1: yeah, and we do have books for that as well <laughs> Wife in Pursuit My and in Husband in Pursuit I'm just saying the tools are there you the, know? Tools the tools are, are there <laughs> and thousands of people have gone through those books and we've got I think there's a a over a thousand feedback. good reviews yeah, on the Wife really in like Pursuit it. one yeah. so do check that out that could be helpful Um, yeah, this is all very one-sided. We're talking to a wife Mm -hmm. who's struggling and if the husband were here, it would be a different conversation.
0: Right.
1: It takes two, but we can't control one another. So sometimes we have to be the one taking the high road, the one trusting the Lord in extraordinary ways.
0: Well, taking the high road with humility. Right. Genuineness. Right. Right.
1: And so... We're not, So we don't mean to gloss over that this, is, this relationship has two people in it, but we're just talking to a wife who's kind of got her hands up saying, what do I do? Right. We hope this is helpful. And, of course, all of this is in vain if we try to do it in our own strength. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug one last book, Two is One. The, oh, <laughs> the, the first chapter in Two is One, which is a, a devotional that we wrote for couples. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Rocks, Rockets, and the Gravity of Belief. It's what the chapter is called. And what it's all about is no matter how hard you try – If you strap a a rock to the the best, most powerful rocket to keep that thing aloft, you can't do it forever. It will always come down to earth. The only way you can keep that rock forever aloft is to change gravity. Hmm. In other words, to change behaviors like this, we can try and strive and do everything we can with all our our might. Unless something changes in our heart and the beliefs that undergird that behavior Hmm. actually change, we'll never be able to do it. And so that's why Christ has to be at the center. If we're ever to live this ideal, the Christian vision for marriage, we need Christ in it. Mm. it sounds obvious, but it's, it's uh, I think, most often overlooked. Yeah. And so we want to invite you into that. If you don't know Jesus, uh, you need to know him. You need to place your trust in him. You need to know that he died for your sins so that you might be at peace with God. If you want to uh, find out more about what that means, we have a website for you. It's, it's this. Go to thenewsisgood.com. And it lays it all out there, and it gives you some steps forward on your faith journey. We pray that you would take that step, mm-hmm. and we pray that it would bear positive fruit in your life first and foremost. Glory to God in that, but also by His grace, it might even bear fruit in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for uh, this listener who uh, wrote in, was so vulnerable with us. I mm-hmm. pray that uh, that that she would be encouraged, not just not by us, but by Your Word, mm-hmm. by the fact that You are faithful by the fact that uh, you know her struggles, you know her pain, and you are there with her in it. Mm. She is not alone. What I pray for the spouses who are struggling, whether they're husbands or wives, I pray that you would strengthen them, give them hope, give them a way forward, God, and I pray that uh, you would allow them to see some fruit for their labors, and if not, let them know that their labors are not in vain. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've been around this long, thank you for, for for watching clearly this content. means something to you. If you want to help us do more content, it would mean the world to us. We got a few new patrons this last week. It's always so encouraging. Praise God. Um, that's Honestly, that's how we keep things going. We sell a lot of books, but it's hard to sell books. So our patrons are huge. If you want to join us there, we ask you to pray about it. If the Lord leads you, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner, and there are some options there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we pray that you do that. Um, that's it for this episode of Fierce Marriage. So it's—
0: <laughs> This episode of the Fierce <laughs> Marriage podcast or uh, the Fierce Marriage show— <laughs> uh Guys. it's
1: in the can, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are we'll you see really seeing it? <laughs> well, you know, you got to change once in a while, oh Selena. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time, stay fierce. I'll let you do that one. <laughs> <laughs>